episode 57 for January 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They're an online leader in comic book subscriptions, and they will save you some extra money every month on your comic book addiction. Their discounts of 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trade paperbacks can't be beat. For instance, they have the Essential Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man Volume 2, which features some great Salbusima artwork. The cover price is $16.99. Mail order has it for $10.53. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the crawlspace sent you. Welcome back, gang, to our third and final show honoring Salbusima. In this show, we're answering your written questions from our message board. And we pick up the conversation with artist Ron Friends commenting on the current state of the comic book industry. You know, before before we continue, Brad, if I may, yeah, no uh, uh, because nobody asked me what I thought about the last questioner and the last question because mm. I'm invisible. But anyway. <laughs> well, uh, because Tom talks so damn much. That's why. <laughs> God. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I didn't think he because... was ever going to shut up. And I think Tom's answer was very politic, uh, politic that, uh, you know, not to criticize what's going on today because I think that's you know, very valid. But yeah. I do think that some of the longtime readers, I think what they're noticing as being the real difference mm-hmm. is the complete lack of mass market thinking. Yeah. I mean, it, comics are a very, very different animal now from yeah. what they were in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s when we had newsstand presence, and we were more of a mass market media. Now we're a very, you know, we're right up there with poetry now as, you know, as, as a cottage <laughs> nobody <industry>. reads, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're a vanity press now, and, and we have a very limited uh, potential market because we're not really doing enough to expand it. So the thinking that goes into comics and the approach that goes into the characters and, and everything from the ground up is very different from what it was in what people consider the heyday of comics and what some of these longtime readers are remembering. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it really, it, it's like comparing apples and oranges to a large degree. And I'm finding it, you know, challenging to to consider the the differences and to you know especially looking down the barrel of, of possibly moving beyond Spider Girl, but because I'm more interested in experimenting in different ways and in mass market ways and I and I have to find I have to catch myself and say you know you're gonna have to find the market for that yeah. if you're thinking mass market now because uh, you know comics just aren't I mean it, it's it's the it's a very very different animal and uh, I I think that has a lot to do with what with with what people are reacting to when they make comments like that last caller and when they make observations like that last caller is is, is it really has become an issue of comparing apples to oranges and uh, because you know I came in in the 80s and I've been doing this for like what 25 26 years now mm-hmm. and just in the time I've been in the industry, there's been this shift. I thank God I got in <laughs> while there was still mass market because those are the comics I remember. You know, I grew up on mass market, and I got to get in on mass market. I got to enjoy the mass market on Thor, and I got to enjoy the mass market to a large degree on some other titles. And 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 now it is a very different animal. There's no no denying that, but it doesn't make it any less valid. It, you just need to recognize that you're you're entertaining a, a slightly uh, a different audience and a more 
a very uh, sp- a much smaller uh, audience too. Yes, a smaller and more more laser pinpointed audience. You know, <laughs> and that's what a lot of the new, the editors have to understand now, and they're, they're reacting to a different demand than we had back in the day. You know, and that's all I have to say about that. Well, Sal, we thought, I thought Tom was bad. <laughs> I didn't think that was ever going to end. Sal, as if you didn't have enough fans, we have some that have written you questions on our message board. We have Capel2000 is his handle, and he's from Brazil. Oh, my and, gosh. And Fantastic. he asks, uh, how do you feel about Spider-Girl's cancellation? I loved your collaboration with Ron and Tom, and I'll miss it a lot. I'm sick. Yeah. I'm going to throw up because of the cancellation. <laughs> no, I think it's unfortunate because I think it's uh, just a wonderful book. Luckily, we're going to be continuing in uh, the Spider-Man family um, uh, book. Uh, right. When is the when is the first issue coming out? Do you guys know? The uh, Spider-Man family. It's going to be uh, the our last issue comes out in in uh, March, and the first right. issue of Spider-Man family comes out in April. In okay. April. Okay. So, so it's, it's you know, luckily be... we're continuing there, but yeah. I am uh, I am really. Uh, Upset that the the book has been canceled because I think it's a, fa- a phenomenal book. And his other question is: uh, Do you have any new projects that you will draw? I really hope so. I, I noticed you did some variant covers on Amazing and and the Hulk recently. Well, that was uh, I, I'm very gratified to say that was uh, a kind of a a celebration of my 40th uh, anniversary with Marvel. Um, they asked me to do those four covers. Um, which uh, personally I wasn't thrilled with. I mean, the covers that I did, I was thrilled with the fact that they asked me to do them. But um, uh, that was the, that was the reason for it. And uh, I am not going to be doing any penciling. Uh, people want me to. If anyone wants me to ink, uh, I'm more than happy to do it. But I'm not going to be doing any more penciling because, as I've said so many times, penciling is work. Inking <laughs> is a lot of fun, and I'm an, I'm inking is not work. It's it's a joy. <laughs> And uh, I'm at a point in my life where I I, I don't want to do stuff that's hard anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to do stuff that's easy. And uh, S- Spider-Man Hero 12. He doesn't say where he's from, but he wants to ask your opinion about the Spider-Man movies. What do you What do you think of them? Oh, I thought they were phenomenal. I thought they were, not only did they just capture the characters beautifully, uh, especially in number one and also number two. I thought number three was a little bit of a come down, although it was. I still think it was a, a, a pretty good film. Uh, but the first two I thought were just phenomenal. I, I just enjoyed them uh, immensely, and I thought they were just flat-out good movie-making. They really right. they really did a good job. Uh, Matisse Leonhardt and the, his location, he says, through the doors to the darkness. <laughs> How oh weird. My God. <laughs> That's where he's from. I uh, hate to hear the question here. I'm, I know. Get I'm ready. <laughs> he says, first off, congratulations on 40 wonderful years. Well, do you thank have you any, so much. Do you have any great convention stories you can tell us? Do you have any funny ones from conventions that you've been to? Uh one that comes to mind, and one that I've never forgotten. I mean, there's always something happening at conventions. I mean, you meet so some, so many wonderful people, but then you meet, a, you know, a weirdo or two. <laughs> uh, the one that comes to mind was, uh, I believe this may have been in Lansing, Michigan. Young man came up, and I was doing my quick uh, head sketches for for everybody, um, and he asked me to do a a head sketch of uh, Mary Jane Watson. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, sure, I'd be happy to do it. And then he kept telling me, he said, oh, I'm just, I am so in love with Mary Jane. I, I would, I would love to marry her. And I just kept my head down and I, I thought to myself, uh, excuse me, she's a comic book character. You can't marry comic book characters. And this kid was very strange. And I did the, the sketch very quickly and I said, here, I hope you like it. And he said, oh, I love it. I'm, I'm going to go home and frame it. And I said, oh my God, this is, uh. this is, this was very strange. It really was strange. Did do he you, say frame it or did he say laminate it? Oh God! I, knew I don't something. know. He may have wanted to do something else with oh, it. Lord. <laughs> Sal, do you go to many conventions anymore? Uh, the last one I did was I'm happy to say uh, the Pittsburgh convention was that last year, guys. Yeah, two years yeah. ago. Was well, I did it like three, three or four years ago, and then you did it last year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I know I had done it earlier, and uh, that was the last one that I did. Uh, and and happily, uh, both Ron and Tom were there, and we spent a lot of, uh, I hope, quality time together. It was <laughs> as far as I was concerned. They probably disagree, but yeah. uh, uh, I I'm kind of cutting that out here again because I'm at that point in my life where yeah, conventions are hard work. They really yeah. are. Uh, you you really. Uh, you're under the gun. You're you're trying to get as many people in as possible. You're you're, you're autographing books. You're doing sketches, and uh, it's it's very tough to do. And I've just gotten to that point where I think I've I've done very many of them, and I I kind of want to you know end it now. It, it, nothing lasts forever, and so yeah. that's well, you, that's where we are. You could do a convention like we're doing right now, talking to the fans. That's yeah, that'd be home. good. Yeah. As long as yeah, I get time, I... To, as, as long as I get time to eat. <laughs> you know, Sal. You know what might help to, might help the convention go a little easier for you what is that? like the first time we met is just do it hopped up on goofballs like I did the first time you came into Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, but no, I was, I was a reason for that though. I was passing a kidney stone and I was, <laughs> oh, I was dumped up on painkillers. Oh, <laughs> it was quite, was a, quite a weekend. It and, was quite a weekend, and he it wanted was, a framed picture of Mary Jane, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I got and I got this great picture of Mary Jane from Sal, and I laminated it, and I married it, and he married her, right? <laughs> and, and occasionally she cuts me just on some of her edges, but you know, and, 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 and the, 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 the person that married them say we now pronounce you uh, man and cartoon, right? Yeah, man and Sal Buscemi's sketch, and Sal Buscemi's sketch, right? We're going to Scotland for the next one. Funny K says so you should have to do the accents, Brad. Uh, we're bloody. We're going to bloody Scotland, and uh, his bloody question is: What's your favorite artist from the current flock? Oh, the current flock. The, cur- the new kids. To be out very there. honest with you, I don't have the foggiest idea about the the current flock. I don't know who's doing what. Okay. So I can't. I can't answer that question intelligently. I, Rob- I really don't know. Ron, who do you like of the current flock? Um, current, I, I don't know what you'd consider a current flock, yeah. because a lot of the guys that stuff I, I enjoy have been around for a while. I mean, I think Ed McGinnis does some really nice stuff. Uh, I'm a big Mike Mignola fan. Um, you know, Sal would consider me the yeah, current Mike, flock, I mean, and I've been Mike doing this is, for, uh, how yeah, long he's been around for forever. Yeah. Ed, Ed McGinnis has been around for quite a while now, too. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but those are the kind of guys that, that I look out for. I mean, I'm probably kind of in the same boat with Sal as far as, like, the really new crop of guys. I, I don't know them by name and probably can't tell them apart as well as I could to people I grew up on, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. His other yeah. question... But, uh, 
His other question is if you've ever been to Scotland, Sal. No, I've nope. never been to Scotland. And <laughs> now there is an accent. Uh, all, all I had I was to know. perfect my accent. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do an accent. That's this a ham coming out in me here. <laughs> I'm going to do an accent now. This guy's from Illinois. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Lockdown from Illinois asks, uh, what's your favorite Avenger or MC2 character to work on, Sal? Uh, my favorite Avenger. Yeah. Good grief. I don't know. I, I love them all. I hated <laughs> them all. <laughs> scare everybody, scare everybody and say the thing. Do you not like uh, the thing? Well, I mean, yeah. Was he an Avenger? That was me. That's what I'm saying. Scare, well, he was scare everybody. So. He was a West okay. <laughs> I love the thing. I'm sorry. He was right over my head there, Ron. See, Thomas, uh, Thomas saying it. He was a West Coast Avenger. Oh, stop it, Tom. Green and Sue were Avengers, too, Kiko. <laughs> they were? Yeah. Hey, when did this happen? Nobody told me about this. This was years ago. Walt Simonson, Walt Simonson brought him in. 1988, right? issue 300, Avengers. Oh my god, <laughs> fantastic! Crazy Chris, Thank you, Brad. crazy. <laughs> I'm here. I'm not here just for looks. No, I'm just <laughs> That's why it's a radio show. Uh, crazy, <laughs> crazy Chris from Boulder, Colorado. What was the last comic book you read, other than those you personally worked on, and what did you think about it? Oh, Sal, the last loaded. comic book I read was yep. probably Spectacular. Like a girl number, whatever, whatever is the last issue. I can't remember what number I've got. Because no, we said, besides so you worked on. <laughs> no, besides. I did not work on. That you did not yeah, work so, on. Right. Oh, my God. There's probably an EC comic back in the 50s <laughs> sometime. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that just goes back a ways, right. Well, I've got uh, a question for you. So when you did those four covers... Yeah. Did they send you issues? Did, did you read the issues that they sent you for reference? Or did no, you just they, look didn't, at they didn't. Uh, I think they sent me one comic, um, one issue, and it was a Captain America. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'd rather not comment on it. Uh, and otherwise, I just got uh, single pages of reference for I the uh, for the other characters. So EC Comics, Crazy Chris. That was his last. Yeah, yeah, b- believe <laughs> it or not, <laughs> as as best I can recall, that's probably the last comic book that I read that I did not work on, and yeah, that, as I, I mean, said, was probably when I was a young teenager uh, back in the fifties. Sometimes. Well, you don't get you know we don't get comps anymore, so you know you got to go by what you go by. These that's days. right. That's right. Viper from Johannesburg, South Africa, has a question for you. Wow. Uh, was there much of a challenge drawing Spider-Man in the Romita style to changing to a more McFarlane style in Spectacular Spider-Man in the late 80s and early 90s? Was it more of a challenge? Well, I would admit to the fact that I was definitely influenced by John Romita. Mm-hmm. Uh, no question about it. Uh, John had, well, I guess he had, he had done amazing for quite a few years. I loved his Spider-Man, and I consider John Romita Sr., uh, Jr., a phenomenal artist, too. Mm-hmm. But John Romita Sr., to my mind, is probably one of the most underrated uh, artists in the business. He was a terrific draftsman. He was a wonderful storyteller, drew absolutely gorgeous women. Yep. And um, when I first started doing Spider-Man, yes, I was definitely influenced by John, and I learned an awful lot just by looking at his work. 
However, I have to say this. Anybody that sees any similarity between my my work and Todd McFarlane's, um, I, uh, I I don't know what to say because it's, there, there was, I've never been influenced by Todd McFarlane, and I don't think there was ever any uh, any anything remotely resembling uh, working uh, in the Todd McFarlane style. I, I never okay, did. no, but to be fair to the questioner, um, did at any point when you were on those books during that period of time, did your editor come to you and oh, say, okay. so, how do you feel yeah. about like doing the spaghetti webbing, as it's been called, yeah, yeah, and the bigger yeah, yeah. eyes, and all yeah. that kind of stuff? Okay, I'm sorry. I I I probably should have mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, well, now, who was the editor? I get Salakrup. Salakrup. Yeah. yeah, Jim Salakrup uh, called me one day, and he I think he had also called or was going to call Alex Saviak because we were, were I was doing Spectacular Spider-Man, and Alex was doing I believe Web of Spider-Man. And he asked us if we would have any objection to doing the uh, the more intricate webbing that Todd McFarland did, and also the bigger eyes, and also the what Ron re- referred to as the spaghetti webbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both Alex and I said, absolutely not. If it'll help sales, you know, we'll draw standing on our heads. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, and that's. If that's the influence that the questioner is referring to, then yes, uh, I suppose I did work in the Todd McFarlane style in to that extent. But as far as the style of drawing, uh, illustrating, uh, there's really no similarity. I have to I have to keep harping back to that. Dan Man, two thousand. My apologies to the question. <laughs> oh, Dan. not at all, Sal. But, but the other thing that's interesting is that was back when there was still some concern about consistency too. Right. They, they, yeah, that's true. These days, it's unheard of that an editor would call you and say, "Could uh, you know this is kind of the look we're going for? We'd like to make it consistent. Do you mind? You know that yeah, kind of thing." Yeah. And even have that conversation doesn't really happen much anymore. Yeah, e- so. excellent point, Ron. Excellent point. Yeah, that's true. That's when we were still concerned with consistency, and that was something that. That came from Stan Lee. He was an absolute nut about consistency, and it followed through for very many years, but evidently that no longer applies. Dan Man 007 is from the Grand Cayman. Where do they get these names? (laughs) (laughs) They're handles. These are handles. This is like a CB radio. Dan Man 007. You can tell how how totally (laughs) ignorant I am about this stuff. We're we're going to the Grand Cayman Cayman Islands for this question. Wow, fantastic. Probably a money launderer. If well, we his, av- money, right, his avatar is the Joker, so who knows? Uh, what is the most important objective when penciling and/or inking a comic in terms of presentation? Oh what gosh. is the most important? The most important what? Objective when objective pen- when penciling or inking a comic in terms of presentation. Okay. I I I'm not sure I understand the question. Is the well, I, good I'll job as you possibly it. can. Hit it right. Well, I'll take a stab at it. In penciling, I think the most important objective is storytelling. Absolutely. Clear storytelling. Yeah. And but in terms in inking, of presentation, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, well, in terms of presentation, I mean, I, I think in, in most cases it's far more important to tell the story clearly than to dazzle people with how you draw bricks or toes or hands or, yeah, or, or women or anything else. On, right. Yeah. Uh, as far as inking, Sal, I mean, specifically, what would you say is the most well, important objective of, of, of inking? 
And Ron, you and I have had this discussion many times, and I've had, I have a very simple philosophy uh, that that governs my inking, and that is to be, especially if you have the the uh, the opportunity to work with really good pencilers, guys who can draw, and it is the inker's job. I have always felt, and will always feel till my dying day, that it is up to the inker to be as faithful to the penciler as possible. That's what I wanted inkers to do with my work, and that's what I do with your work and anyone else that I have the uh, opportunity to ink, right. is to be as faithful to the penciler, especially if the penciler happens to be an outstanding talent such as yourself. <laughs> now, with this caveat, okay, when uh, for a period of time, and it's, this also happened at Marvel, but for a period of time, for the couple of years that I worked uh, at D.C., the uh, when I was working with the Batman guys, uh, they would ask me to ink a job of say uh, uh, a new youngster that they were trying to uh, maybe break into the to the uh, uh, business. And uh, a lot of times, your drawing was not the best in the world. Okay, but they showed potential and they showed uh, some storytelling ability. And the way the editors would. Uh, would put it to me, they would say, Sal, do you think you could tweak it a little bit? That was their favorite word. Could you tweak it a little bit? In other words, improve it a little bit with the inking. That is the only time and only under those circumstances uh, when I was specifically requested to um, change things no. without being, without overwhelming the, the penciler's uh, pencils. Uh, it happened several times at uh, at Marvel. Uh, I won't say who the pencilers were, but uh, it did happen there too. But those are the only circumstances under which I would do that. Otherwise, I remain faithful to the penciler. Sal, we got one more question, and we have one more compliment from the board, and we're wrapping it up. And I appreciate you guys being on the line for so long. Sure. You guys are doing great. Uh, Sam Kirby doesn't list where he's from, but he says you're uh, great and long run on Spectacular is one of my prized possessions in my collection, and I wish you were still at it today on Spectacular. Oh, nice. So that that's a compliment from Sam. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate it. If you're listening, is, would he be listening now or what? He, he, well, he, not now. But. Not now. After I edit it and post it, he'll listen. But He'll listen. Okay. He'll, he'll right. get it. <laughs> my last one is from Michael Bailey. And he's from Fayetteville, Georgia. He's a good friend of the website. And he says, hey, Sal, happy anniversary. And Thank you, Michael. Early happy birthday wishes as well. I've admired your work for many years. Uh, while I liked your take on Spider-Man, I was always more partial to your run on The Incredible Hulk. What did you like about drawing the Hulk, and why didn't you like what didn't you like about the assignment? Uh, there was nothing that I disliked about the assignment. I love the character. Uh, I still love the character, and uh, I will always love the character because he he is so unique in the annals of superheroes. Uh, there is no other superhero like him. Um, it's just it, it was just so much fun to to do, and um, I just had an absolute blast uh, working on on the Hulk. If if I ever had to do any penciling again. Yeah. If somebody asked me to do the Hulk, I might consider it. It would take <laughs> me about a month or two to to you know decide, but uh, that's how much I love the character. But uh, yeah. that's that's uh, pretty much the, the you know the, the the best that I can do with the with that answer. I just uh, uh, I just love the character, and it was just a joy to work on. 
And I, I was also blessed with working with some uh, terrific writers also. Let, let's Before we go, let's give a final word to Tom and Ron, and then Sal, you get the last word. Tom, wrap it up. What do you think of Sal's uh, 40 years at Marvel? Oh, my gosh, I was afraid of this. Here we come. Here it comes. <laughs> what, who are we talking about? <laughs> For the past two and a half hours, Tom. <laughs> what I want to know is, did you finish your pizza? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I got a calzone left if you want some. <laughs> Save it for me. Uh, uh, just final words, Tom. What do you think? You know, I, like so many of the listeners and people who've called in and, and people who hear, hear this uh, tape or podcast, whatever you call it, um, you know, I've always been a big fan of South Lark and it is, you know, just one of the job perks that I get to actually work with this guy. Um, I love the fact that it is, you know, as Danny Fingerworth has, has stated, and uh, Ron Friends too, um, you know, Sal's a guy who is constantly trying to get better, um, which I think is something that, you know, all of us have to have to do to uh, remain current. Um, it. It, it is, you know, just so wonderful to be able to work with a guy who is constantly pushing himself and, you know, consequently pushing you to do the best work that you can because, uh, you know, the readers deserve our best. So we're always, you know, trying to do it. Yeah. And uh, Sal, it really has been a, a big pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Don. And Ron, I have my final words for you too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, Ron, I, wrap wrap it up. What do you think? Well, uh, let's see. Well, as anything that I haven't said before, uh, you know, like I said, it's what's great for me in a situation like this, and why I'm so happy to be a part of it, is because you know we we live in a situation today with the podcasts and with people interacting with their fans a little bit more and everything. And it was even happening when I first started in the business that comics were popular enough within their little fan base that people had egos about what they were doing and how they should be treated. And, uh, you know, we had prima donnas and we had superstars and we had people who acted like complete jackasses about a job where nobody cares at the local grocery store that you draw fill-in-the-blank character, you know, and it was always amazing to me. Uh, Sal is from a time when these guys did their work, got their paycheck, fed their families, enjoyed their lives, and moved on, you know, it was was one of these things, and I'm, I'm gratified that Sal's hung in there long enough that he, he he's getting to hear how much his work how much enjoyment his work over the years has brought to so many different people. Uh, when he and I have conversations like this, he, he seems genuinely surprised and gratified that, you know, wow, you guys are really paying attention to this stuff, you know, that kind of thing. And I think it's great for him to finally hear this kind of thing because he's the farthest thing from a prima donna or, you know, uh, having that kind of treatment or anything. And, and, Anybody who comes into this industry and does a does a few issues or something and, and 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 struts around like a peacock needs to take a lesson from a guy like Sal, who you know Sal makes it cool for me to be a journeyman. Yeah. You know the guys that I admired, the guys that I grew up paying attention to, like the Ramitas and the Bassemas. I mean, Kirby became a superstar later. 
you know, when people started to, to notice the amount of work he was doing and everything. But what made Kirby so admirable in the day was that he produced and that his books sold. And that is a very journeyman type of an attitude to take. And what we do, I've often said, is a craft. And it is, there are objective standards of good and bad. And you, you, you strive to do the job well. And, you know, Sal has been a continuation for me in my, my great luck in meeting the people whose work I admired and getting to finally meet them and have them be incredible gentlemen incredibly uh, giving of whatever information they have to pass on, uh, <laughs> having no ego whatsoever in, let me tell you something, kid, you know, that kind of thing. The, the craziest thing for me is that you have a conversation with Sal and he treats you like an equal because I, you know, not not just on a personal level but on a professional level. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think I said once before, maybe even on your podcast, uh, from the time I was eight years old, I wanted to grow up and be Sal Buscema, and now at 48, I still would love to grow up and be Sal Buscema, because uh, it's, you know, if you've ever been lucky enough to meet his, 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 his lovely wife, and, you know, and to hear him talk about his family and everything, nobody could, could, uh, could hope for more, and uh, it's just been a pleasure and a joy from beginning to end. Yeah. And Sal, you get the last word. Oh my gosh! Did I did, I did I surprise you pretty good? Did we we got some big names on today. Oh yeah, that's uh, the, the whole thing has blown me away, uh, Brad. And I thank you very much for it. Um, I'm sorry it took us so long to finally get around to doing it, but that's oh, because no, of my fun. crazy schedule. But um, th this has just been a phenomenal experience. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. First of all, to be on here with. Uh, with Ron and Tom, uh, who are not only colleagues, but I consider my good friends, and uh, I hope they feel the same way. I kind of think they do. <laughs> uh, and to hear the, uh, the, the, you know, the kind words that have been said about me today, uh, Ron touched upon it just now, is that, you know, when I got into this business, uh, I did it because it was, as I said before, something that I, I really wanted to do that, um, something that I enjoyed so much, um, wanted to do it from the time that I was a kid. And, uh, and to be able to see it turn out the way it has turned out, that the, the, the way this 40 years has flown by, and I mean flown by, uh, and, and then to, to hear all these, these wonderful things said about you, frankly, uh, just, I find it overwhelming. I, I really do. And I'm not just saying that that's not rhetoric, it is the truth. Yeah. Um, it's been a fantastic career, and the, the thing that I'm doing now is kind of winding down a little bit, but winding Wind down in such a wonderful way because I have the opportunity to work with two of two of the, the, the consummate professionals in this business. I mean, they're two out, and again, this is not rhetoric. I've said this to their faces before, and I mean every word of it. They are two outstanding, extraordinary talents. Yeah. And to be able to work on a book with these guys is just uh, an absolute joy. And to have it culminate in something like this, this this podcast, being hearing from... Um, Friends from the past, Stan and Roy and uh, Danny, 
um, I'm sorry we missed we missed Mark, uh, and then to be able to talk to fans, um, answer their questions. I hope I I did an adequate job. You did great. Uh, this has just been this has just been a phenomenal phenomenal experience. And Brad, I thank you very much for it. No problem. I, I don't know what else I can say. It's just that I'm just uh, just happy to have, to have been here uh, well, you, more you, than you know. You've really lived up to your nickname of our pal Sal. So I, <laughs> I appreciate you. Don't know me very well, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> He's never been hustled by you anyway. <laughs> That's right. The way you have, ever. <laughs> And that wraps up our two-and-a-half-hour conversation honoring Sal Buscema. I want to personally thank everyone who called in and wrote questions. Also, a big thanks to Sal for so many wonderful stories he's given us over the years. I look forward to reading his work in Amazing Spider-Man Family with his good buddies Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. And I have to say, in my three years of this podcast, this has been my all-time favorite to do. So thanks to everyone involved. Now, before we go, I want to thank MailOrderComics.com for sponsoring us. If you'd like to check out some more of Sal's work, you can pick up Essential Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, Volume 3. The cover price is $16.99. Mail order has it for $10.53. I'm Brad Douglas, your host, and thanks so much for listening and visiting the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>